0: time for the brick and mortar reporter podcast episode number four welcome to the brick and mortar reporter podcast where we show you how to build your business brick by brick put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone and now here's your host christy Hostler. everyone. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. We are so excited today because we have a guest that has a lot of business experience and has just been able to uh, accumulate years and years of knowledge, and she has agreed to come on today and share so much about her experience with us. I'm excited to introduce you to Teresa Colucci. She is the owner of Scent, which is a floral shop, and she has locations in Gardner, New York, and has most recently 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 opened an additional location in New Paltz, New York. Now, um, that's something that most uh, business owners don't ever get a chance to do is open a second location. So I know we'll be excited to hear kind of how she came about that. But Teresa, we've um, given a little bit of a very brief overview of your personal experience and what you do. But if you can get us started by telling us a little bit about your history, um, anything personally and professionally that you think we could uh, benefit from.
1: Sure. Thanks, Christy. Um, basically, from the time I was much younger, I always knew that I had a love for flowers, and I had taken a part-time job in high school at a flower shop. Um, starting out in college, I studied horticulture, and then I wound up changing my major and graduated with a degree in hotel restaurant management. Um during college, I worked part-time in a highly successful florist in Boston, where I gained uh, a huge amount of my knowledge in retail floral sales. After graduation, the part-time job grew into a full-time job and led to you know more than 25 years in the floral industry. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, in 2006, um, personally, I, I was inducted into the American Institute of Floral Designers, Wow. And I've had the opportunity to be a feature designer at the Philadelphia Flower Show, where we receive Best in Show. Wow. Uh, currently, I teach floral design at SUNY School, which is the State University of New York. And I've also had the wonderful opportunity of being an instructor at the New York Botanical Gardens. Wow. So my career is very fortunate, and my personal life is, too. I'm married, and I have three wonderful children.
0: Excellent. Well, it sounds like it doesn't get much better than that, I'm telling you. You've kind of gone from part-time to uh, full-time retail and then just expanded on the actual knowledge that you got. Now, would you say that that part-time or that, that job that you had in college where you got the experience, is that what kind of planted the seed for ultimately where you are now?
1: Absolutely. I, You know, my high school job was in a very small town uh, moving into the city and working in a city atmosphere changed everything for me. It just opened up my eyes to hundreds of different kinds of flowers that I had never been exposed to, and and just what you know, business in a in a, in a busy shop was about.
0: And that just made made the fire go off right then, huh? Yes, it
1: did.
0: Well, yes, it did. That... it's so interesting, though, because I think so many people that, you know, go to college and get a degree ultimately, maybe their path leads in a different direction than that degree, you know, prepared them for, but there's so many of the things that, that they're exposed to now that they need that degree for, you know, so it just, it never turns out quite the way we plan it whenever we're, you know, 18 years old trying to get into college and figure out what we want to do with our lives, so.
1: I, I agree, and I'm kind of going through that with my own children right now, but my, because of my own experience and many others that I know. Had I not gone to college, I would have not ever been exposed to that uh, flower shop in Boston.
0: Absolutely. so
1: your path leads you.
0: It does. And one step right behind the other, you just have to keep taking those steps. So now, did you always or did you, were you one of those people that as a child or at what point in your life did you feel like, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to be a business owner? um, You know, where did that start from you?
1: Were never there because I came from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. So uh, you know, my grandfather owned his own business. My father owned his own business. Many of my um, uncles owned their own businesses. So it it just seemed attainable
0: gotcha you know that that exposure is critical as well because you really see both sides of it whenever you grow up in a family i mean you see that sometimes the family has to jump in and the kids have to work and the you know you see what it takes you see the lean times you see the good times Um, At the same time, you're also not raised with that expectation of you go to college, you get a good job, you work for a company for 35 years, and then you retire and get to do what you want to do. So it is amazing how different lives um, can be experienced by what your family experience is. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, did you have any big fears or anything when you when finally went out on your own and started? I mean, your, your business started back in like 1987. And so back then, of course, it was a different business climate. But did you have any great big fears that were keeping you back whenever you started your business?
1: Well, I think like every entrepreneur, uh, the first thing we worry about is finances. Right. Um, you know, I was still um, single. I had uh, apartment rent to pay, I had all my living expenses, uh, car payments, so uh, a lot of personal expenses that, that come along with also uh, financing the business, so I was very worried about how, you know, are people going to come through my door, right. so it, it took a lot of research and trying to figure out, you know, where I was going to be and what was going to be the best for me, but I, I don't think I hesitated. I, I definitely jumped right in, just thinking that it was going to be successful, and I, I guess that's part of being an entrepreneur. When you think you have something great, you just know that it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, sometimes the risk taking part of our personality can supersede the the realistic or even the pessimistic sides of us that are a little bit paralyzed by fear. So, whenever you started your business, what all what all did you take into consideration? Because I know whenever you're you're Thinking about actually opening a physical location type business or like a retail flower shop, like you started with, what all did you consider whenever you finally took the plunge to set that up?
1: Well, my first um, my first concern and, and what I needed to find out, you know, was location. So I started doing research about the different areas and and where a need for a florist would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that there were statistics based on um, Research that I had done in the industry on how many people a population could support a right. forest. Um, I checked into the different communities as far as you know population, economy, uh, how strong their community was. What what kind of things did they have in their community? Were there were there funeral homes? Were there schools? Were oh. there you know different things that were going to support uh, my particular business? And then I had narrowed it down to a couple towns, and that's when I started basically looking for uh, places to rent. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it basically came down to scanning the areas, and, and whichever one came up with a, a viable place to rent first is where I moved to.
0: I see. It's interesting even looking at those kind of peripheral businesses that can feed into Um, your business model um, is I think sometimes, you know, you forget about that. You think about traffic and you think about foot traffic and location and drive-by traffic and all these other things and population, but you forget, you know, that you do need those other businesses to uh, feed into your business and get the referrals and that sort of thing from. Now, have you had in your your course of um, your business life, have you had any sort of business coach or mentor that you've worked with?
1: I I don't know that I had one in particular, but I would say that I had many at Mm -hmm. different stages of my career. Uh, A lot of my previous bosses uh, Mm. have have all had individual qualities that I admired and tried to take them on and emulate them as my role as a boss and manager. Uh, There were just certain things that that stood out above others that that I really liked and appreciated. Uh, The biggest lesson I think that I learned from, you know, being working in other flower shops uh, to take with me was not to overextend myself when it came to finances. Uh, You have to stay on top of your accounting. And I think that I learned that from some very successful people. And I probably learned more from the ones that were not so successful.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's a kind of a. Touchy subject with a lot of entrepreneurs or even a lot of business owners. Um, many of them will not really sometimes share the nitty gritty of the finances. Not that not that they need to be completely open book and transparent, but there are definitely some lessons to be made. You know, lessons to be learned from maybe some mistakes that people have made if they will share that kind of thing. So I think that's interesting that you were able to learn some good lessons by the people that maybe were giving you a negative example. And uh, getting getting those things in line so that you didn't make the same mistakes when you started your own business.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Now, as you run your local business, um, I'm sure. Granted, you know, even whenever you started it years ago, and you know, doing research back then was so different. You had to go to the library and find all these publications, and you know, look up statistics in a completely different way than we can do in the internet age. But as far as the local community and local businesses, because what we focus on here is local businesses and trying to build the communities one business at a time. So what other organizations or resources within the communities where you've established businesses have you found helpful as a business owner?
1: First off, I went directly to uh, my local chamber of commerces. Okay. received a lot of help from them. Uh support, you know, just personal support and, and them happy to, to see new businesses come into the area and, and do whatever they can for you. But they also can provide you with, you know, the lists of other businesses in the area so that you can market correctly. For me One of the stronger ones, and it wasn't necessarily local, but I I would suggest that anybody does this as well. You know, get in touch with all your local organizations that you can, but then extend beyond that and go to your own particular industry Mm. and see what organizations they can provide for you. Because I did, it was a great source of information for me when I reached out to my floral industry organizations and they then helped me on a more personal and community
0: level. That is an interesting point because sometimes those national organizations that, that might you know span the whole country, they might actually need um, a little bit of reinforcements in some local areas, and if you reach out to them, you can kind of be the community builder in your area for that national organization. Have you been able to do that with some of the floral things that you've done, I know, with getting inducted into the um floral designers uh, award in 2006 I know that that probably was a huge turning point for you
1: yes it was and and it just opened all new doors for me and and exactly what you said that's a national level but it it's all about then bringing what your knowledge is and and what you've achieved back to a more personal and a community level
0: and I think it's a good point too to just point out that the Chamber of Commerce is something that I think, especially if you're a new business owner and you might be strapped for cash, um, I think many times that might get overlooked as you know, in a, not really an important part of your business and setting aside the money to do that. But every single person that I've talked to, and it's been many now, have always pointed back that that was well worth the investment, not just for the resources that the chamber offers, but for also opening up their whole network to you as a new business owner. And most people find that they're more than willing to help.
1: And I, I think it certainly depends on your area and how strong your chamber of commerce is. Uh, you know, in my area, we have a very strong chamber of commerce, and they, they host classes and and networking events all the time, but I think what just goes beyond it is the fact that the the way that they educate and they can sit down with you and hook you up with retired professionals that will one-on-one work a marketing program with you Wow! um, and a business plan. So there is a lot of opportunity in, in your local chamber of commerce.
0: And it sounds like development that you might not be able to get or even afford on your own could come actually through your affiliation with that organization. Yes, now we don't definitely don't like to focus on the negative here, but we also know that you know many times as business owners there's not not exactly failures, but mainly lessons learned from things that um, we've gone through. Are there some lessons you've learned along the way from any type of failures that you've had whenever you've established your business?
1: I I think that uh, for me mistakes that I made early on especially was in hiring my employees.
0: Uh. I think
1: when you first start out, uh, you're not ex- you don't have experience in, in hiring. Uh, so you know maybe you have one position to fill because you're just brand new, but you, you need to have that one person. And uh, I often rushed into hiring someone to fill a position without following the correct steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't. Uh, I thought a personality would would make the person, and it would work if they had you know certain qualifications. Right. And I often ran into trouble there. Uh, I think that it's not only important to check references and look at qualifications, but you actually need to look beyond that. Look at why is this person looking for another job? What's their job history? You know, how long do they stay in positions? And I think it's important to ask open-ended questions that's going to make them talk a lot. Mm. Uh, you know, by by listening and kind of reading into it, you can find out maybe they don't get along with other employees. You know, maybe... There's too much drama in their life, or maybe they lack the skill or finesse that you want, you know, out representing your business. Um, I think that it's it's costly to train people and hire yes. people, and then have to let them go and start over again. So it's it's really important to do the interviews correctly and make your decisions, um, uh, you know, so that you get the right person in your business.
0: You know, it, I I completely agree with you. Would you say that you tend to, from your based on your experience, you tend to be one of those that maybe hires slow but fires fast if you find out you've got the wrong person? That's a tough uh, one. No,
1: <laughs> I, I think that that now I do. In the beginning, I did not have that knowledge or even maybe experience, mm-hmm. so I was a lot. Uh, softer (laughs) when it came to allowing people to make mistakes uh it took a long time for me to finally just say this isn't working now gotcha Uh, but but now i I do my research much more and i've you know luckily i i have employees that have been with me over 10 years so um I can ret- my retention on my employee rate is is really good.
0: Well, and you know that that might be something that you look for now knowing the difference between a fly by night employee that's just looking for their next gig and someone that really wants to spend the next 10 to 15 years working in a local business that's thriving cuz that those are the people that probably ultimately share your passion or at least your enthusiasm for your business. Yes, I agree. Now I mentioned in the very opening how you had just opened, within the past year, you've opened a second location. Um, and was that opening a second location? Can you kind of tell us how that might've been different than opening a brand new location and what what process you went through to get that second location open that might've been different than establishing it the first
1: time? Well, I, I don't, you know, like, basically that we had a lot of customers already from that area we delivered to that area and we serviced that area and it's only seven miles away from my main location oh wow so a lot of yeah a lot of people couldn't really understand why I would want another location that close but we're all creatures of habit and we all have our circles that we travel within every day you know you're on your way to work and you happen to stop at that particular deli to get your coffee or tea in the morning uh-huh. but given your routine is different on a different day you don't go to that location so people uh in the in the Newport, the town of new Paltz, i was finding that i was hearing from uh business acquaintances and uh Friends and even sometimes my current customers that they needed something, so they didn't want to travel the seven miles like it was forever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and would purchase something in, in their in the local town. So after being pleaded with and continually asked if I would open a second location uh, in New Paltz, I decided to, as an effort to generate more. Income and more business, maybe for my main store mm-hmm. to open the second location.
0: Wow, that is interesting that it's so close because I think you know that that would be most of the time unusual. But if you already had kind of that base there, and instead you know, and so you can actually continue to grow that base, but then maybe also reduce your cost with travel times and delivery times and other things. I'm sure you get to a point where the numbers work. You know, and you just have to get, then continue to help build in that little other little small area. So that that's very interesting. Now, what marketing strategies are working for you right now? I know, um, you know, some of the floral industry tends to be very seasonal or even event oriented. Um, so, can you kind of give us what you're you're doing now, or what you found that works pretty well for your business?
1: Uh. That's something that definitely has grown for me with experience in in the beginning stages of my career. I really didn't go into marketing or didn't, you know, other than like print advertising, which of course is very different now, but in 1987 print advertising was the way to go. Um, now again through continually educating myself and being out there and going to seminars and going to conventions and taking classes, I understand the importance of, of good marketing, and it's something that we focus on all the time. I feel like I go to bed and my head just spins <laughs> with different ideas that I can try out. Yeah. So um, I really passionately went into 2014 with a plan. Uh, we, we have a plan to tackle at least one marketing strategy a month. Oh, wow. And i kind of put different employees in charge of different things. Um, but in January, for example, uh, the, the focus was going to be on growing our business-to-business relationships. Mm. So uh, you know, with, with the main goal was to obtain new accounts. So we went door-to-door with uh, a gift and some marketing materials, wow. and we shook hands, introduced ourselves, shook hands didn't put pressure on anybody, wanted to let them know what we could offer them, what we could offer their employees, and, uh, hey, here's where we are, and we want to be your florist. We want you to think of us the next time someone in your company needs flowers. Um, So that's kind of what we did in January, and and each month uh, I think what we're trying to do is maybe target a different audience. Mm -hmm. We've got prom season coming up you know, of course, there's Valentine's Day and holidays are really important. So so that's will be the focus of that particular month. But uh, it's a plan that we're putting into effect. And I, I hope that it really grows our business for 2014.
0: Well, I would just say my hat's off to you for taking um, a new strategy and be willing to try it every single month. Because, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to have 12 things that you actually have data on that you can say this worked this worked or it could be tweaked or this did not work and we didn't get any return on our investment but you know that door-to-door face-to-face marketing i think sometimes that is so hard to do especially for people that might be more inexperienced or even maybe introverted it's you know it's hard to put yourself out there and get the rejection but I think you find that's where you make your actual connections with people, isn't it? I mean, that's where people get to a point where, oh, I need flowers. Oh, this lady just came in. She was so nice the other day. Let me call them. You know, is that what you're finding, that you're you're seeing the connections build between those businesses?
1: I, I really believe that that's going to make an incredible difference. And you are very correct in it's intimidating. It's hard to do. Um, And last year was the first year that I actually opened myself up to going out and introducing myself. It's it's very difficult because you feel like you're being a pushy salesperson. Right. And I think what, if, if I could recommend to anybody that wanted to try it, it is easier if you send maybe yourself out with an employee or two employees together. You know, break them in, show them how you would like it done. And let them go out. They can be the face of your business as well. It just doesn't have to be you as long as they're conveying the message that you want uh, brought about. But uh, I know that just the one day that I went out with my two employees, I already made contacts and sales that particular day.
0: Wow. And, you know, even as much as you dread it, probably at the end of the day, you probably thought to yourself, maybe I'm inferring this, but I can, I know how I would be, and I would get to the end of the day and probably think, now that wasn't so bad. I don't even know why I dreaded that so much.
1: Yeah. And, and even the girls, uh, when I sent two of them out on their own, they were dreading it. Yeah. They wound (laughs) up really enjoying it and called me during the day and say, you know, being so excited with, wow, we just met so-and-so and, and, they were so happy and they're going to do business with us. And I think they just, you build on the excitement of successes, little successes as the day goes on. And it wound up being a very exciting day for them.
0: That—that That is so good to hear because I think, um, you know, in the internet age and the big box store age and all that, we get to a point where the one thing that we're missing is that connection to Um, the local businesses in our area and knowing who the, you know, who the face of that business is and even the story behind that business and being able to share that or being willing to put yourself out there, um, I really do think that more business owners would find a positive experience if they would try it and put themselves out there, open themselves up. Most people are not just going to get ripped out of the frame by, you know, by walking into someone else's business and introducing themselves with a gift, you know? So yeah. it's, yes. it's, uh, it is funny how we build all that up in our minds. Now you were talking about getting, um, you know, focusing on getting new business to Business accounts, and um, you know, working on that, I would assume that you probably have a significant amount of your business that is repeat customers or um, people that you're, you're trying to retain as you know, repeat customers. So, what are you doing, or what's maybe what sets MeadowScent apart with what you're trying to do to retain those customers as opposed to maybe what you see other people doing?
1: Well, we, we do keep in touch with our customers um, through email, blasts, and um, social media and, and advertising. But I think for us, the best way to retain our customers uh, is providing them with you know excellent customer service, mm-hmm. um, quality product. And I think the key thing anymore is making sure that when they come through your retail store that you're providing them with a shopping experience. Mm. I think that it, it makes all the difference in the world when you're in a store and you're comfortable. Maybe there's some nice music playing. The, the sales help is especially nice to you, and you take the time and your experience is good, whether it be that you're just rushing in and you're placing an order. but you're, you're, You have to have a top-notch salesperson that's able to assist you, and and do what's correctly and take your order correctly make you happy and make you walk out the door happy with the money that you spent there.
0: Well, and you know, to... To people like me, who I, I would probably fit the profile of your average customer, um, there are probably, you know, maybe 25 or less flowers that I can actually call by name. I don't know what goes with what, but it's very intimidating, you know, as someone who's not educated to walk in and, and have somebody say, what do you want, when I really I just want something beautiful, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't know what all I want you to put in it, but to be able to say, um, and, and leave that with you and know that you're the expert or you can say, oh, we could do this or we could do that. And pretty soon I realize that I don't have to make the decision about each flower, you know, and, and I don't have to know how it's going to look, but I can trust that if I give you a hundred dollars, you're going to represent me well. And part of, I'm sure part of what you have to do is educate your customers a little bit as far as what, um, what flowers go with what and what's great for these occasions. You know, the, I think there's some uh, protocol with certain colors of flowers at different times and, you know, you don't want to step in that as a customer. So I think that's very interesting that you, um, you know, focus on trying to give them a shopping experience because that's not normally what you expect when you walk into a flower shop and And one of the other things is too, you know, like like every business, we make mistakes. Um, um,
1: I think that it's key that the the problem gets addressed and resolved immediately. Um, um, that is what the customer wants. The customer doesn't want to call and say something went wrong, and then you say, "Okay, I'll have the manager get back to you." Right. You know let the employee take care of the problem make sure that it's resolved, and then when we do resolve it, we always follow up with a letter, you know, telling them that that we're sorry, Mm -hmm. and and that we're human, we made a mistake and we're sorry, and we're really happy that you're choosing us, and we give them some gift certificates or a gift card, and ask them to please give us a second chance and and use us again.
0: Wow. So
1: it's... It's important to nurture them, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when you make a mistake. It's easier to retain and less costly to retain customers than it is to try to get new ones.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think we've all had experiences with businesses, whether it's a restaurant or a store or whatever, where a mistake has been made. And that is not what drives you to go to, to the competition It's how that mistake is handled. And when you have somebody that is falling all over themselves to make it right, and before you know it, they've gone above and beyond the expectation as a customer that you would have of what it would take to make it right, most of the time you can drive loyalty there that you would never have gotten without that mistake being made.
1: You're right. And, you know, most if someone is going to complain, most of the time – some of their complaint is valid, Right. and they just want to be heard. They just want you to know that they feel bad about something. And so you, you have to take that into consideration, and you've got to listen, and you've got to do what's going to make the customer right. Otherwise, you're going to lose them.
0: Well, and you know, I think that is one of the big complaints that most consumers have with online businesses or even big you know big box stores is that there is no such thing as true customer service anymore and so when you as a local business owner who is the face of that business actually provide it it really takes people aback because they're not used to seeing it anymore so that definitely uh, gives you a competitive edge in any any type of business no matter what your business is um, Teresa, for your um, business right now, can you tell us a little bit about what metrics or performance indicators you as an owner look at and why you feel those are important to measure?
1: I think that I've been doing that for so long, even before now my computer does many of <laughs> it for, much of it for me, but right. prior to that, uh, I would take notes on uh Uh, For for starters, the most important thing for us was holidays because they were the peak times uh, financially. Uh And so I have notes going back to 1987 on how holidays went and how I could measure uh, sales. But right now, uh, aside from from measuring our day-to-day sales and our holiday sales, um, we also break down into categories and we measure what is selling and what's doing well. And this is all important because we need to forecast, you know, I'm dealing with a perishable product. Right, right, right. I need to, I need to know what I'm going to order, the product I'm going to order. And I eat, I also need to know how to forecast my labor because mm. it, at times it fluctuates so much in our particular business. I have to know whether I'm going to need to bring in two more for holiday help and, and when I need to cut back on my labor. So um, that's important for the holiday end, but just even on a, a day-to-day basis, knowing what is, is a strong seller and what is a weak seller for our products and our services, um, we have to study that on a daily basis, and that's how we know our customers' buying habits. Mm-hmm. And by knowing our customers' buying habits, then hopefully we can stay on top of their needs and, and what it is that, that they're liking to purchase in our stores.
0: Well, and I'm sure you see whenever you're looking that on a day to day basis, you see you might see trends change even from month to month rather than year over year, um, depending on what's popular and and how trends are um, with with different flowers. and, And I don't know, I can just imagine that you it is a vastly different world from measuring a holiday in 1987 than it is now. I mean, you're probably doing things that you never thought you would do with flowers. You
1: know, I think that's what's so exciting about this business, and that's what drives me continually to stay up on uh, and and stay current because our business is like fashion, and it's like interior design, Mm. change with colors. You know, growers Change the way that they're they're growing flowers based on uh the forecast of colors for the next three years wow so we, we they know what the color of the year right now you know Pantone comes out with their color of the year every year mm-hmm. uh, but they know ahead of time what flowers are hopefully going to be in vogue so yeah it, it's constantly changing and it's exciting
0: that you don't you know it's funny you you forget that it's it's like Paint or it's like furniture or what I mean. Colors come and colors go, and it you've got to you've got to be the one that's out there setting the trends or educating people on what those trends are, so that they're not the ones sending uh, last year's colors, <laughs> get, getting a bad reputation. I mean, I'm sure, and and you know, I, I always think feel sorry for the poor guys that are in trying to they're trying to get the girls the flowers that they want, and the last thing you want is to be the guy that didn't know that those flowers aren't even popular anymore, you know. No one wants to send the carnation bouquet or something anymore. So, interesting. Now, you mentioned on, um, when we're talking about... um, what you do to retain customers and that sort of thing, a little bit um, about social media and some email blasts and that sort of thing. What ways are you using social media and what are you, are you as a small business owner, what are you trying to, or what are you getting out of it um, based on what your efforts are with social media right now? Are you, are you... I think... <laughs>
1: It becomes almost overwhelming yes. to manage your business day-to-day and then manage uh, all the social media that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've taken a lot of classes, and I recognize that it's really important to your business. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I, I started to do recently is assign a different social media platform to different employees
0: ah, to okay.
1: Um. They, you know, the girl that's in charge of Facebook comes up with a Facebook posting plan uh, uh, for the month. And then she brought it to me. Uh, we we went over it, and we tweaked whatever needed to be changed. Uh, and then I went ahead and you know, okayed it. And then she follows through now on the postings, and the same with the girl that's doing Twitter. Okay. Um, so it's it's important to our business all the time. You know, we see that people, when we post, we're getting responses. We'll post specials and mm-hmm. we see people come through the door that saw the post on Facebook. Um, so it's, it's extremely important and I, I don't know how important it is to every business. I know in my business it's really important and mm-hmm. Pinterest is a growing, um, platform that we see because our business is visual, Absolutely. and Pinterest is visual, so my brides, uh, most importantly, and events all use use Pinterest to create boards to bring to me for what their vision is, is for their mm. actual event or their, their their wedding, so it's really important.
0: Yeah, and you know, even doing, I mean, you are it's kind of like you're outsourcing your social media within your own, you know, within your own employee base, but I bet you also see employees step up and take ownership of that in a way that maybe you wouldn't have seen if you didn't give them that reign.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, if you look at your employees, you can almost see which one would do better at which particular social media. Right. So that's kind of how I picked the, the individuals for their jobs.
0: Interesting, and and I do think you're you're right um, with social media being overwhelming for the small business owner. You feel like, oh, I've got to get on Facebook, and I've got to get on uh, Pinterest, and I've got to get on Twitter, and I've got to get on Instagram, and I've got to, you know, you, you by the time you're done, you haven't had any time in the day to run your actual business, and I don't know, you know, with different types of businesses, you're probably going to find like you say one media channel that is going to be better suited to what you do your your visual and your business is visual, and that probably suits very well to Pinterest or Instagram or those kind of things. whereas the Facebook or the Twitter might be a little bit secondary to that, so I do think it is important to find what channel works for your business and put your efforts into those channels rather than feeling like you've got to do a marginal job across every social media channel. Do you agree with that or is that... Uh,
1: No, I I definitely agree. I think that if you're going to do it, you need to do it well. Right. So uh, pick pick what is working for you and you know in the beginning maybe you're going to try a few different ones and you're going to have to see what's what is you're getting back out of that particular platform. But it is you you will soon find that oh this one really isn't working for me and you can cut that out of your daily routine
0: well and i think it might also too depend on where are your customers if your customers are hanging out on facebook and you're not then you're probably missing it but if your customers aren't really hanging out on twitter and you're spending a lot of time there then again you know you want to go to where go to where your people are and that will definitely help you get a better response on your social media Um, Teresa, on your day-to-day running your business, um, what is the favorite tool or thing that you use to give you, um, the most leverage with running your business day-to-day?
1: Well, this is pretty old school, but my favorite tool is a list.
0: Ah, love those, love those.
1: I don't think that I can always keep up with my brain. So by putting it down on paper uh, and making a list for myself, it really helps me to organize myself. And I will tell you that my list is continually evolving. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's continually being crossed off and added to throughout the day. And sometimes at closing time, the list is longer than what it started out when we opened. Uh, I have learned to not let the list overwhelm me uh-huh. because it can sometimes be overwhelming, but it it just helps me to stay on top of things and be productive, uh, which is huge for me.
0: Well, and for those of us that do go to bed and our mind is spinning, it you know that list kind of gives you a way to to get it out of your head and on paper. So you know it's there, and you're going to eventually come back to it, and you don't have to keep twirling it around in your mind, and you can maybe get some sleep with <laughs> with getting it out yeah. on the list. So
1: As long as you've crossed a few things off of your list every day, then you can feel accomplished.
0: Absolutely, and, and prioritizing. And, you know, some of those things that you eventually find on your list that stay down there at the bottom day after day after day, <laughs> they might be better suited, delegated to someone else. So
1: Yes, yeah, or they weren't
0: as important as you thought exactly they got they got superseded somehow now um teresa as a kind of as a parting thought or maybe an overarching theme for this uh, interview can you share any business wisdom that you would Maybe want to share with another business owner, you know like the this is kind of like if you if you had the opportunity to share something that you wish you had known as a new business owner or someone who is uh, less than twenty five years experience, what would you share with them that you have learned over the course of your experience?
1: I think you have to stay current in your business mm-hmm. and your industry. Um, business changes daily. you need to stay on top of. Technology, finances, trends. Uh, in order to stay relevant, you need to embrace change, mm-hmm. uh, educate yourself, and continually know that your business is going to change, and you're going to change with it. And this is the way that you're going to keep your business meeting your customers' needs. Uh, if you know, unfortunately, I, I think that's what happens a lot of times. People don't change with the times, and then they find themselves all of a sudden losing customers, customers are going to their uh, competitors, and it's because you're not, you maybe had a great service at the time that you opened, but you continually need to come up with new services and new products that that are going to meet the customer's needs.
0: Well, Don't be
1: afraid of that.
0: Right. And I think, you know, as business owners, I, I don't think a lot of times it is people's intention to fall behind the times. But I think so many times you get so sucked into the day to day vortex of running your business that you really don't have time to come up for air to even look around and see what other people are doing. And, you know, that that is one of the things we're trying to do with this podcast is, you know, if there is someone in California that is wanting to do uh, open up a floral shop and they listen to this interview, they can see what you've done and they they can get this information without having to spend a lot of time. So um, I do think that that being aware of what's going on around you or in your industry is so critical. So step back from the day-to-day running of your business to take a look around so you don't get left behind. So very good advice. Now, you have been extremely generous in sharing so much about what you've learned along the way and over the years, and I know uh, that we could have a conversation that would be hours long um, sharing all the nuggets of of wisdom that you have from your business experience, but this is the opportunity I wanted to give you to um, promote anything within your business or tell us about anything that you might have going on at MeadowSense that you wanted to get the word out. Um, So what do you got for us?
1: I, I think I... This is kind of easy for me. Good. <laughs> I'm constantly impressed by the importance of fresh flowers and plants that uh, Europeans have. Uh, and it's a passion for them, and they, and they know the value of flowers and plants and realize the benefits that they bring mm-hmm. uh, when they bring them into their home. So I would encourage listeners to purchase a flower or a plant for themselves or to give to someone else regularly and experience the effect that it has. Studies you know, have shown it reduces stress, increases your overall well-being throughout the day. Um, I'm not telling you you need to go spend a fortune on a bouquet of flowers. You can purchase one flower, uh, whatever your budget allows. But I, I strongly, I would really like to see that Americans start buying flowers for themselves as opposed to a gift mm. and, and understand what it actually does for you. Reap the benefits of bringing one flower to your desk or one flower into your bathroom that you see every morning.
0: You know, it is an environment changer. I know for people that walk into stores like yours, you know, you, you, it's a sensory experience between the visual and the, the olfactory, you know, the smells and all those things. It just completely can transform an environment to have it filled with plants. So I completely agree with that. That's an excellent point. And maybe the fact that they're not just luxury items, that we should incorporate them into, them into our lives as well, instead of just giving them as a, a luxury gift. So that's excellent. it it certainly
1: can be a luxury item but it doesn't need to be right you know, one one stem of flowers for four or five dollars will just bring you uh, incredible benefits
0: that is that is very true and I think um, in this rush rush world sometimes we do forget to to stop and enjoy the just the simple beauty of flowers and plants and um, the way they can change our environment and help it make it a more pleasing environment and calming and You know, we we need more ways to reduce stress as far as uh, most of our lives. So I I completely agree that plants are a great way to do that. Now, Teresa, can you tell us where people can find you online or where they can find um, your business online? I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. So if people want to uh, get in touch with you um, for any of their floral needs, where can they find you?
1: I am at www.meadowscent.com. And it's uh, S C E N T Meadowcent. Okay,
0: Meadowcent.com. Okay. Perfect. And um, your Facebook page is it um, Facebook.com/forward/slash/Meadowcent. Correct. Okay, great. So I would encourage everyone to. Uh, Look at look up, Teresa, even on the website, um, you can get lots of ideas for flowers, um, plants, arrangements. There's lots of pictures there um, that even if you're using someone local in your area, um, they might be a good resource for you to try to help help narrow down what your, your vision is for your event or uh, what you want the flowers to accomplish in your life. So I'm going to put all these... Um, Ways to contact you in the show notes, Teresa. And again, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule. You know, I know we're heading into Valentine's Day and you as a florist uh, probably could not be busier right now. And I so appreciate you taking the time to uh, spend with us and to share a little bit about your business experience and the ups and downs, because I know you've given some people some things that they can actually take action on today. So I cannot thank you enough. It's just been an honor talking to you.
1: Well, thank you, Christy. Uh, It really has been a pleasure. I I enjoyed it.
0: Perfect. And you know what? Um, I just want you to promise if you open a third location, you'll come back and tell us all about the things you've learned as you grow your business, okay?
1: (laughs) I don't feel that empathy right now, but I will.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Teresa. It's been a pleasure talking to you and having you on the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. You have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this interview today and you've enjoyed the content and the experiences that were shared here, I would be so happy and so grateful if you would take the time to go into iTunes, leave us a quick review or rating. We appreciate all your feedback. We love hearing from you. We want to make this podcast the best it can be with every single episode. So hop on over to iTunes. I'll have the link listed in the show notes and you can give us a review and or a rating and we thank you for it. You can find all the resources mentioned in this podcast in the show notes at www.brickandmortarreporter.com. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.